Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I'm your host. And this is kind of a, um, not really a part two, but kind of an add-on. I did a episode um, just a little bit ago, and it was um, when their other favorite person isn't you. And I was doing a lot of thinking, um, my relationship with my wife, now ex-wife, I was trying to get back with her for almost three years, and um, right before we had gotten divorced, we were separated, she had fallen head over heels for a guy, because he showed her a little bit of attention after her, right after her mom had divorced, I'm sorry, passed away, Um, we had got one of our usual fights, and she sent me away, and it was during her grieving time, and she would not let me back in the house at all. And I kind of understood, you know, she wanted her grieving and then she said, you know, maybe it was easier on her. And I kind of respected that, even though it killed me. I thought she really would have been better off, you know, having me there. But again, I respected it. I didn't like it. I kept trying to move back in on, you know, against this notion of her wanting to be alone. But um, anyways, um, this guy had showed her, you know, a little bit of attention and, you know, it was a, a new face and new ear for her to blab on to. And, um, that drove a wedge right in our relationship and ended up getting us, um, divorced. So with that being said, um, hope you like this episode and let's get on with the episode then. Hello everybody, Brad Shattuck here, your host. I got a question for you. How many of you love to read but just don't have the time? I myself am one of them. In the past three years, I've probably read one book and even then, it was a task. Audible.com can offer Audible books. Listen to them anytime in your car, when you're shopping. You can get books read that you normally wouldn't be able to. It's so convenient. And our listeners can get a free 30-day trial with two free books, which is like a $60 value. It's a great offer. They have titles from thrillers, love, romance, learning, you name it. 
You can specifically read up on disorders,、um, mental health disorders, borderline personality disorder, DBT, dialectical、uh, behavior therapy. You name it, they got thousands and thousands of titles. Get reading done that you normally wouldn't have time to do. Like I said, our listeners can get a 30-day free trial with two free books. Go into the show notes; you'll see the link there. Click it, and again, thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Again, so like I was saying about、um, this person, you know, like I said, it was a new face, new ear. She,、um, you know, started telling her story, and at the same time, this person. Um, was going through a breakup, so of course, you know, two people with something in common have that common denominator. They both kind of felt an infatuation, even though there was a twenty-year、um, difference. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter.、Um, you know, I knew in my mind it wasn't going to last, and I think in her mind she think it did. She literally wrote in journal she fell in love with this person. And you know, in my mind, I couldn't understand. You know, we were together for twenty-eight years. You know, <laughs> you know, how can you fall in love with somebody when you know we've always been in love? But in in a hurt me, I was like, how soon can you say you can fall out of love with somebody for twenty-eight years, or some somebody that you've loved for twenty-eight years, and then completely fall in love with somebody you knew for a few months? But you know, everybody's mind is different, and. <clears throat> As one of the traits of BPD, you know, things go, you know, from zero to marriage in you know one day, <laughs> so to speak, with some people. And she's that one. She's always looking for attention, and you know that one person that came along gave her attention. She thought it was going to be a completely whole new relationship. I think in her mind, she saw like love, marriage, you know, within one day. I think she went home and dreamed about that. As a matter of fact, I almost know she did because I saw in some of her journals, she had wrote in there that you know he's the type of man I would have loved to have married. He's given me everything that you know Brad never did, and I'm thinking, how can somebody in one month give you everything that I did in 28 years? I think it was just everything at that moment, you know. But in her mind, it was everything altogether. You know, I saw more of a a, a more pinpointed. Picture on what she was writing, where she was painting with a broad brush, but um. So, anyways, this guy, come to find out, he would、um, lie to her constantly. He would tell her、um, why he couldn't come over. His truck didn't start. He had to work late. His phone died. All these different stories, and then come to find out, he was actually hanging out with other people. And you know, when you think about it, like I said, she was an older woman. You know, he wanted to hang out with people his age, but at the same time, he didn't want to be a jerk and hurt her. But It did, you know. Like everybody always says, you know, they lie because they don't want to hurt somebody. I think it's more of a selfish thing because you don't want to lie, is what it is. You don't want to look like a bad person. It's always going to hurt that other person when you lie, no matter what. They always say, "I'd rather have you told the truth." Everybody says it, and everybody knows that it's a selfish response. Just like I said before, when a lot of people say, "I love you." They're more looking to have you say those words back to them. They're the one who is insecure at the moment, and、um, you know, you're not looking to just walk up and go, "Oh, they look like they need to be told." They,、uh, you know, they they want to be loved. Hey, honey, I love you. You know, nobody goes up and goes, "I want to tell you something," but I don't want a response. I love you, and you know, not 
looking to have silence back. They always want to hear, I love you back. So, you know, that's one of the, the, the problems. Um, most of the stuff that we do is, is selfish. You know, we try to serve our own needs and people with BPD, they try to serve their needs all the time. And that's why it becomes like a one-sided relationship. You know, one-sided guilt, one-sided sorrow, one-sided apologies. Um, it's always a one-sided relationship. And I understood that and I was willing to give that one side. I was willing and said I still am, you know, willing to, you know, give up my own needs to see that she's happy. You know, I make it so I'm miserable in order to make sure she's happy. I'll eat foods I don't like. I'll do things I don't like as long as it makes her happy. I've developed tics um, because I had to stop and think of not saying certain things or doing certain things that may trigger her. Um, like even right now, I'm up to almost 140 pounds, but the whole time I was with her the past three years, um, I was down like 118, 121, maybe 125, because I knew it would bother her if I went out in the kitchen and made something to eat without her being there or eating when she's not hungry, you know? So I did everything for her and that's what made me so upset was thinking, how can you do this to me and abandon me and look for somebody else when I'm doing all these things? But she didn't see it that way. I saw it that way because I knew I was doing it. I was conscious about what I was doing. And, and I kept telling her, you know, I did all these things. But then to her, it looks like, wait a minute, you're doing these things because you're saying I've got an abnormal mind. I've got a disorder. That's why you were doing it. You felt sorry for me. So, and it wasn't. I, I was doing it because I loved her and I want to be with her. And... You know, I even uh, wrote her a letter that she doesn't even read sometimes. I've gone up there and seen my letters unopened. But I've told her, I said, you know, look at all the things I did for you. You know, I literally didn't go to the bathroom after we went to bed because I didn't want to have you have an episode because I wanted to cuddle up to you at night and stay cuddled up through the night. But if I went to the bathroom, you might have thought something. You know, but I would add in there, you know, I'm not saying you're crazy. I understand you have a disorder. And I tried to help you with that and try not to go to the bathroom after we went to bed or try not to go out and make something to eat when I was starving during the night. I had one midnight snack. And, you know, now I do. I have one whenever I want. But then I would be starving and I didn't because the times that I did, it became a big fight. But again, she still sees it as a bad thing. And, you know, and I've told her, I said, you know, do you know how many times that I didn't go to the bathroom because I didn't want to fight or that I was starving during the night, didn't have a midnight snack, or, you know, I was waiting for an important letter or a check, but I didn't go up to the mailbox and get it because I didn't want you saying something, thinking something. Do you think this next guy in line is going to do this stuff? No, he's going to go get the mail when he wants. He's going to get up and go to the bathroom when he wants. And again, I'm saying it, you know, in a way that I understand and the reasons that I did it. To her, I'm speaking in a different language, but I'm also cutting her down that's how she's seeing it you know she's seeing it as oh i had a disorder so you didn't you did all these things because i had a disorder you know and the other thing that makes me mad is i said you know you'll probably fall so head over heels with somebody that you know you'll let them go to the bathroom at one two or three in the morning and won't say anything to them you know or let them you know if they're hungry they can just go out there without even asking you and make something to eat and you'll you won't say nothing to them because you're going to want to impress them and try to do everything to make them happy. But for me, you know, you grab my things, throw it out in the front yard and tell me to leave. You know, that's not fair. But again, it's like I'm trying to 
you know, pretty much that book by Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and it talks about the two languages of Martian evolutions. You know, we say something and it's meant a certain way or a certain outcome, or a certain way that we communicate or try to make them understand, but they perceive it and hear it completely different. Like I said, I'm sitting there trying to say, you know, how can you just throw me away and ignore me and act like we never mattered and look like I never mattered and our relationship never mattered? You know, when I didn't get up and go to the bathroom at one in the morning when I really needed to, um, or when I was so hungry that my stomach was growling and I couldn't even get to sleep because I was so hungry, but I didn't want to get up. So she's making it sound like she made me suffer. That's how she looks like it. It wasn't sacrifice. She hears it as suffering. And I made it sound as, you know, I was suffering, yes, but I made it sound like a sacrifice. She didn't hear it no matter how I said it. Even I said, dear, I love you so much. I didn't go to the, the mailbox because I loved you that much. And I didn't want to see you get upset because, you know, it makes your face that's so beautiful. Make it look, you know, when cringing with anger, it doesn't make you look as beautiful. She still, no matter how I said it, I could have said it a hundred different ways, um, a hundred different languages, and she still heard it as, you made me suffer. You made me hold my piss all night. You made me starve. You made me uncomfortably next to you with my stomach growling uncomfortably. I don't care if you say you wanted to cuddle up to me. You were making me sound like I, you know, I was suffering, like she, like she was holding me hostage. And as weird as it sounds, I have written... Oh my God, hundreds of letters that I've either given to or mailed her that explain these things. And I think it made it worse because of the way I was trying to communicate to her and to make her perceive it. And it doesn't matter. She's very one-sided and that's how BPD uh, people are. It's, you know, either or, it's it's nothing in between. And I was trying to, in, in between this, you know, there is a situation and an outcome. And that's how they see it. The situation was... I was hungry. The outcome was I didn't eat. The middle part was, but I love you so much that I didn't want to argue with her, uh, argue with you, hon. You know, I, I didn't mind waiting until the morning, but would somebody else wait? She heard it as you were hungry and I didn't allow you to eat. That's how they see it. And that's the problem with communicating with somebody with BPD is that gray area is hidden for so many things through emotions, through communication, through outcomes, um, through solutions, everything. They see a beginning and an end. Everything is, you know, if or or. It's not, you know, it's a matter of fact. You know, there's nothing in between. And I keep trying to communicate the in-between and she doesn't see that. You know, she sees black, white. Here I am, all my letters are all gray. My communication was all gray. And people with BPD don't see gray. They see black or white and that's where I keep failing and even just till last week I just wrote her um, a 22 page letter and usually the letters I do send her are always about um, usually 12 to 20 pages I, I write a lot and I find a lot to write about and 99% of the letter is gray uh, and if not 95% so when she's reading this she's not reading but because I love you but there's no button there. It's, I needed to go to the bathroom. I was hungry. And you made me suffer. So, 
you know, I remember before remembering back during situations and arguments and she would say, you know, why do you want to be with me? I make you hold your piss. I make you starve. And I said, no, you don't. I do that because I choose to. And she's like, no, that's not the way you said it. It isn't the way I said it. The way she hears it exactly is I was starving and I didn't eat. I needed to go to the bathroom, but I didn't. So it's about communicating. You got to start communicating with people with BPD thinking the and or the, the gray, they're going to completely ignore. So out of that 22 pages, I might as well just wrote her one page that says, I love you and I want to be with you because that's all she's going to read during it. But what's going to ruin even that one little page is the gray area that all says, I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't go to the mailbox. I didn't get anything to eat. That's what she's going to see, you know? So hopefully my advice to you is really think about that gray area when you're trying to talk when you're trying to write a letter, when you're trying to communicate with them, try as hard as you can. It's almost like trying to speak a new language or get um, to a, a new culture. They don't see that gray area. You're going to have to remember on how you communicate the black to the white because the math that goes from black to white is zero to three. You may have a year in between that black and that white. They don't see it that way. That, that gray area is non-existent. So you have to try to better communicate that black and that white and how you get there a lot better because otherwise they're not going to see it. If not, even make it worse. And that's what I found out is making it worse. So anyways, with that being said, try to find a better way to communicate. Um, but like I always say, if you have somebody in your life with BPD, love them as much as you can and understand them as much as you can because they find it as harder is possible to love themselves and they find it just as hard to understand themselves so with that have a happy life and have a good day you've been listening to living in the third degree with bpd i hope you enjoyed the show and please check out my many other episodes i hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences and remember we're all responsible for our own choices I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.